pride of Limerick. A young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 176 of the Severe MMA Podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan and with me this week, like every week, is the Oshin Timon of Irish MMA Media. As we look back in a big couple of weeks uh, of, of MMA, we were obviously off last week, uh, so we have a couple of things to look back on. Graham Peetsy talked about the James Gallagher fights, but we're going to mention that a little bit uh, towards the end of the podcast. We're also going to look back at UFC Lincoln, which down, went down uh, last night and Saturday night, uh, which wasn't, uh, wasn't a terrible card and a pretty exciting main event to to finish it up we're going to look forward to paddy pimblett versus harm back next week uh, at cage warriors 96 we're going to talk about the manda nunez and chris cyborg anthony pettis to fight michael chandler is uh staying with bellator and uh, a few more stuff we're going to talk a little bit about this ksi logan paul fight last night as well because i'm um, maybe not so much about the fight but about the landscape and, and things like that do you not know about that let's let's start with that so let's start with that did you hear about this ksi and logan paul you know logan paul? i don't really know who they are they're youtubers i don't know who they are i've never heard of either of them. did you hear about the fight yesterday i just typed it in there and i just typed it in there now i haven't, I haven't heard of it really Two okay white collar amateur boxing match yeah American and British YouTube personalities. Mm -hmm. So basically, that's what it was. These two lads sold out the MEN Arena. Uh, I think it was 18,000 people or something like that. Yeah, sold 800,000 pay-per-views on YouTube at $10 a pop. Apparently, they're getting paid 30 million million each to do a white-collar six-round boxing match. Uh, this is... This is... This is... Shows the power of YouTube and the internet, (laughs) like, just how popular, like... People are always. I remember when I think it was the first thing that was kind of like people were like, "What the fuck is when e gaming, like online gaming, became huge?" Yeah, and then like YouTube became huge, and I wonder what the next thing is going to be because there's always there's always something that kind of catches you unaware that you're unaware of, and then all of a sudden it's massive and you mm-hmm. can't avoid it. Like it's one of them things that I think really all these YouTube stars like I never heard of them, but obviously they seem to have connected with like a shitload of people. And even if like at 800,000 pay-per-views, like it, there must've been people tuning in who aren't even, even fans of, of, of those guys and people tuning in just out of pure, pure interest, a little bit like the Mayweather McGregor thing, just like, cause it's so, it's so crazy. Uh, the McGregor Mayweather thing brought in, brought in people cause it's so crazy. It's never really happened before. Yeah. And this, I suppose is, is trying to play off the same kind of, it is, but interesting. Uh, people have been freak shows. I think this is even more game changing than that because at least that was, you know, McGregor. As we've seen, Conor McGregor going in, knocking lads, spark out. Oh and, you no, know, I know that. I know no, that. no, but I'm saying, no, I'm. I, I, let me explain. Like when you see Conor McGregor knocking guys out, you can say, oh, maybe he can do it in boxing. Obviously, we talked about it, and I, you know, I said it especially, but he was not going to do that in boxing. You know, anyone to know knew it, but people who weren't in the know didn't know. And look, it's easy to be fooled by by that. You know, that that's a fighter against a fighter. But these are two lads who have never fought before. You know, this is built literally on hype. I was talking to my a couple of my friends about it this morning. Like, interest sells bigger than anything else, and especially it sells bigger than skill. A hundred. All you have to do is look at what happened last night and look at Demetrius Johnson. With Demetrius Johnson, what does he sell? Like, one hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand, maybe up to three hundred thousand. It was the last card he was on with the, with the other title fight. Like, and there's there's and I know that's sixty quid a pop or whatever, but he's not making thirty million. You know, even if he was promoting these cards by himself like them them two lads were he wouldn't be making 30 million these lads yeah. this is game changing like you know Pizzi tweeted out this morning about Aaron Chalmers he should be looking at this to go boxing these lads instead of you I know, know, uh, just thinking that. Yeah. I didn't even see Pizzi's tweet I was just thinking that 
the the with the numbers that, that they've done if they're if they're real numbers yeah they um, are there was a youtube you just it was youtube it cost 10 or a pop and it shows on youtube how many people are watching the video and the most at one time i think was eight hundred and ten thousand or something like that so at one time so it was more yeah. than that in total probably well yeah maybe um, yeah. that's mad because because like you know aaron chalmers is doing good numbers for bellator and for bama and stuff but nowhere near that like it just shows that like maybe the, the tv reality show stars aren't as popular and as and as people aren't as fanatical about them as they are about the internet stars which mm. is which is a shift really because all of all of our lives like what me and you were in our early 30s or you're in your late, late 20s right i'm 30 for the last couple of months yeah yeah so like our, all, all our lives like the kind of like tv stars were obviously like way bigger than the internet stars because mm-hmm. internet hasn't been around that long but now it seems like it's shifting the other way yeah. and that's good for mma in a lot of ways because mma is built on the on on the internet like and if, if they can find a way to kind of cross over and make make somebody's uh, get somebody's guys who are interested in these youtube characters yeah. maybe even getting fighters on on youtube on these youtube channels like you know i don't know exactly like if it was that easy obviously they would have done it but there's there's definitely i think potential for because a lot of mma fans are online and are, are people who um maybe spend a lot of time on the internet, maybe have a lot of free time. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of MMA fans are a lot of people with free time. Yeah. I think a lot of this as well is a lot of, you know, I think it's kids buying this a lot of the time as well because, and, and it's funny, I was, I was just thinking about like, like kids, I don't think would be able to get streams as good as us. Do you know what I mean? Like they didn't, they didn't get brought up with like you know the Premier League or or boxing and stuff like that. Like they've been brought up with with Netflix and you know Patreon and things like that, where you have to pay to get things. And I think, and I think like they're, they'll they'll go to their parents and go, oh Logan Paul, this guy I love, he's uh he has a stream tonight for ten ten quid or whatever, and they go, oh here's my credit card, just get. And that things like that are actually happening. And I think you know there is kind of a shift as well there away from you know us growing up wanting to be mad for sports and now for people you know being kind of idols even look at mcgregor you know he's loads of people in ireland they're idle you know and it's the same with ronaldo or the same with pogba and so it's it's more individual yeah. these days i think and if you have that hype and, and we, we talk about this because we can obviously bring it into mma or whatever like imagine if mcgregor got out of his contract and he decided to do something like this you know and he you know he's a big social media follower by him he's more social media followers than these lads have like if he could do that and sell it on youtube or something like that and sell it for 50 quid a pop even or whatever imagine how much money he'd make like Floyd Mayweather is probably looking at this saying the same look this this is going to be a lot easier than me giving Showtime 15 10% whatever he's he's given him of his uh, of his pay-per-view revenue this could be a real game changer couldn't it it's for you know if you yeah. if you well, have that interest slowly the internet is slowly but surely taking over like yeah. because of the the high prices of like you know if you want to package and that's for example in Ireland and the UK Sky Digital if you want all the things, if you're like a big sports fan, a multi-sports fan, you like movies and all that stuff. If you want, if you want all the channels, it's it's really expensive. Like it's hundreds of quid. Yeah, it's like it's 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 every month. Like it's it's few. It's a couple grand a year. Like it's not it's not cheap. And you can go on like Netflix, whatever it is, like eight quid or up to whatever it is, fifteen quid for like HD or Ultra HD and all different phones and laptops and and iPads and all. So it's a lot cheaper and and. Okay, there's there's not like especially the Irish Netflix is absolutely terrible. There's not that many uh, things on it, but it's getting better and it's so easy to use that people people who are growing up with it like they they don't need to search around for movies like like we did when when there wasn't so there wasn't things like Netflix when you couldn't really stream stream uh, high quality video back in the day. 
mm-hmm. and everything is shifting towards internet taking over from television in my opinion so it, it makes sense that that uh that UFC have done like five bars on the WWF or WWE have done WWE network and all that stuff yeah. but I think the the the, the thing that will the, it'll, I think it'll it'll shift to it'll shift to pay-per-view but the only thing about that is then there's a lot of money lost that uh, you'll be losing out on say like a hundred quid a pay-per-view for for Mayweather McGregor or 60 quid a pay-per-view for a UFC mm-hmm. will, will people pay that just for online on YouTube will people people pay a hundred dollars for a YouTube stream maybe in a few years time but I don't think the same amount of people are willing to, to trust and part with that much money and trust the internet not to work people have bad experiences over the last few years of, of streams People who don't use them that often, maybe, and don't know where to get them properly, and they might not trust a hundred hundred dollars to to a internet pay per view. Yeah, so and like, I, I think it's really an important conversation to us as people covering MMA are going to have over the next while because obviously this, you know, it looks like the UFC are going to sign with Eleven Sports here. They've signed with ESPN Plus and ESPN uh, over in America. You know, just as you mentioned, Fight Pass, WWE Network. You know, I think Eddie Hearn has like a Fight Pass thing as well with boxing, and there's lots of boxing on ESPN Plus as well in America. The zone as well are huge now with Eddie Hearn's boxing in America. Like it's really we're we're on the last dying embers of of live TV, and sport is the only thing holding live TV back. Like, what do you watch? Like your favorite? Let's say you will watch Game of Thrones. Who watches Game of Thrones on TV? Absolutely nobody. Like a few people might watch it, but you're not watching that on TV. You're watching it on play. Yeah, few, every like yeah. twenty minutes, like ruin the whole thing. Yeah, like. they actually, yeah, they do. Like, yeah, they do. And like, I would not have Sky now unless it was for you know Man United games, Premier League games, UFC, and stuff like that. That's the only reason. And when live live sport, it's it's already doing it. It's already moving over to the internet. Like, and you know, you're a hundred percent right. What you say, people don't trust it. You know, hundred percent yet, but it's getting better and better and better all the time. And when it is there, perfect. When you can trust your internet a hundred percent to work, television is dead. You know, and that that is it's going that way and i think it's definitely an interesting conversation it's probably going to take it's probably going to take another 10 years maybe but it's definitely going that way we you know and i think another big thing about it is as well these these television companies are desperate to get uh, uh revenue or, or to get um content and they're putting out so much revenue giving revenue to the likes of the ufc and to the likes of of bellator and to the likes of uh, of wwe especially who got an absolutely huge tv deal with fox uh, who've lost the ufc these guys they can't afford that like they can't they can't keep paying that amount of money to people because people are not you know people are losing interest there's people leaving all the time the the um the numbers of people watching the likes of UFC and WWE are dropping because they are an older demographic and they know how to stream. You know, they know how to um, they know they know how to get the torrents the next day and everything like that. People, if if it's only for live sport, and people are realizing that more. If you only have your TV bill for live sports, you're gonna and and especially over here, you know, if it's the middle of the night, you're gonna I'll wait. What by the time I get up in the morning, it'll be on torrents or I can you know I, I can stream yeah. it or whatever. And especially the UFC and I've WWE. Got a, and a lot of friends that do that do that. They're just like ah, oh, because the, the pacing of UFC shows is so fucking yeah. poor that like there might be there might be 50 minutes of fights and you have to sit around for seven hours to, to watch 50 minutes of fights mm-hmm. you know so if you just download the torrent and you skip all the walk-ins all the shiting on all the promo after promo after promo and all that crap and they just skip forward there's the fight boom oh the fight's over who won their bang next next fight you know you can you can watch the UFC in an hour the next day yeah. you download it on torrent or you can spend seven hours and especially in Europe where it's on it like fucking until like six in the morning mm-hmm. so people are like 
you know, I'll just watch it in the morning and it'll take an hour. Yeah, and I'll just avoid the results. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of watching fights in the morning, that's what I, I did this morning because I fell asleep in the middle of the co-main event of UFC Lincoln last night. Uh, and it was... This was a, a pretty good card. I went back and watched the main event. I hadn't heard the, the result... And what a result it was after 1 minute 27 seconds. Justin Gaethje knocked out James Vick with a beautiful uh, two-punch it was a real clubbing, combination. Wasn't it? It was a real clubbing finish. Bludgeoning like, finish, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's a good word for it. Yeah, it, like, And it was simple. You know, a minute 20, 27 seconds or whatever it was. How, how much analysis can you actually do on that? But I think there's a good bit of analysis. And I think it's analysis more on a, a broader spectrum and more on uh you know upcoming fights and other things like that like there was, there was a fight before that let me just look the eric anders fight who was he fighting he was fighting tim williams and tim williams did very well in this in the first round of that fight won the first round of that fight because all he did and i mentioned at the time he circled when anders cut off the cage he ducked missed the shots came back with counters so that's all he basically did uh, James Vick tried to do a similar thing because, li- like Anders Gaethje, as we know Gaethje very well, he will bring the pressure. He will bring, you know, set a high pace, and he did that in James Vick. And what what did James Vick do? He circled away. He dodged the big kicks. He tried to use his reach. He did. He did more than Tim Williams. Though. he landed a few jabs through through those front kicks to the to the stomach and landed maybe six or seven in in the uh, in the eighty seven or eighty eight seconds or whatever it was. Landed a few leg kicks as well. But what did Justin Gaethje do? You know, it's. It, it, it's something simple you know it's something we talk about all the time it's something which conor mcgregor does very well which you know we obviously we get into the habib fight in a few weeks and we'll be talking about that he cut off the cage and how did he do it very simple he threw a hook that's all he did he threw his left hook stopped james vick in his tracks from circling around the cage and he hit him over the top with the right and knocked him out. That's it. That's how we won the fight. And it, it was more complicated than that because what Vic had been doing very well was he, he was circling both ways. And he, obviously he circled away from the power. So he circled the correct way, circled to, we'll say, Gaethje's left to his right to circle away from the power. And what he did was he kind of faked to go to his left and then go to the right the way he should be going. Uh, but Gaethje timed it and he timed it perfectly and he hit him with that left and when you stop him in the track so you're going the correct way he hits you stops you in your tracks where do you go then you go the incorrect way you go straight back there's nowhere else to go and when he came back Gaethje came over the top and he hit him with the right hand and he knocked him clean out beautiful timing beautiful power beautiful intelligence something which maybe we don't talk about enough with Justin Gaethje you know he's this you know he was calling him Homer Simpson and he can become Homer Simpson at times you know he can take all these shots and just come forward and and it seems like maybe there's no technique or anything there but this time he showed that he is really smart he's really fast he's really intelligent and he hits really really hard it was just a beautiful finish wasn't it yeah it was I think we talked about it when he first came to the UFC before he fought the UFC about how uh, he, he is this kind of all balls out fighter, but if you, if you actually look at his his technique that he or all the techniques that he has, his wrestling is great, his mm-hmm. his top control is great, his leg kicks are great, is is like his stand up is really good. It's just that he li- that's the style he likes, just coming after you and just getting in a brawl. He chooses that, and that's what makes people love him. But he does have don't don't he's not one of these Leonard Garcia fighters where that's all he can do. He's not one of these Diego Sanchez fighters where that's all he can do. He he has loads, but he chooses to, to do this because he that's what that's what he likes that's he he says many times like i prefer to somebody somebody's getting knocked out you know i'd prefer to be knocked out than in a boring fight kind of thing mm-hmm. and that and 
like his his actions show that that is not just talk and that that's what he likes to do and he, once again he he tries to do that and this time he, he was successful again yeah and I, the last time Justin Gaethje fought and obviously he got he got knocked down he got beat a couple of times <clears throat> a lot of people were asking us after that should he change up his style and everything and I said it at no. the time he shouldn't and I said that after a loss and I think this this is why he shouldn't do that because you will beat most people fighting that way you know okay you won't beat the, the very top I mean you might be the very top guys in the world but maybe you, you will yeah but you've less of a chance of he being the chance top. That, that, that's, yeah. that early storm he puts on it has a good chance against pretty much anybody in the division. Mm-hmm. But like, maybe okay, maybe not yeah. championship level, but just any, everybody except that. Anyone has less of a chance of beating the top guys in the world. You know, <laughs> you know, if McGregor goes in there against James Vick, you know, and he goes in there against Tony Ferguson, you know, he's obviously a better chance of beating James Vick because Tony Ferguson's a better fighter. You know what I mean? Like, and, and not to say he won't beat two both of them, or not to say he won't lose about him, but uh, you know, it's. People tend to forget sometimes there are you know there are levels to this game, and I thought James Vick would win this. To be honest, I, uh, you know, I thought I thought he'd be able to get through the the early goings, and and he was doing well to the start with. But I underestimated Gage a little bit, and I think uh, you know I, I, maybe a lot of people did as well. But you know, he as you mentioned there, he is. It's it's not just it's not just that Homer Simpson stuff. Like you know, he he has the technique, he he has the intelligence, and all. If if he could do that a little bit more, you know, we talked about that as well after his last fight. He he. Okay, there's little things you can change, and maybe what he did there was, you know, when when Vic was throwing those leg kicks early, you know, there sometimes there is a tendency to come over the top and try to close that distance too quickly, and he didn't really do that. In fairness, to him, he he took the kicks, and he said that afterwards, you know, I'll take a few shots to to get inside, or I'll take a few shots to set something up, and that's you know that's exactly what he did, and you know, Justin Gaethje. <laughs> He is one of those guys, right? I, I'd probably pick most of the top fighters in the world to beat him. But could you rule him out against any of those top fighters in the world? You know, it's... Maybe, okay, maybe McGregor, because he hits so hard and he takes so many shots, it'll be very hard. But, like, against Habib, he's very good wrestling. You know, if he gets Habib into a war and Habib can't take him down, you'd fancy Justin Gaethje in that fight. You know, but Habib would have a good chance of taking him down. Tony Ferguson, you know, Tony's Tony gets hit a lot as well. Who would be able to take more damage? You know, a lot of people can't take more damage than Justin Gaethje. Would Tony Ferguson be able to do it? I don't know. That'd be, a, you know, that'd be a mad fight. Paul Felder as well. You know, he kind of half-called him out last night. You know, obviously, he lost to, to Poria and and um and Alvarez but there were two you know slobber knockers of fights he could have caught one of them at one stage and we saw the power he has last night but Justin Gaethje he's he's one of those guys that you never don't want to see fighting if that makes any sense isn't he yeah he's on team Graham for a reason like he's one of the he's different he's he's in there for 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 a scrap like you know he's in there for a knock and a lot of guys talk about that like you know I prefer to win or lose an exciting fight than win a boring fight and then they go out there and especially when they're as high level a wrestler as just engaging to go out there and hit doubles and play it safe especially if they're on a two fight skid you know it would, would have been easy for him to go out there and and change it up and try to try to catch uh, Vic uh, out with something that he, he, he maybe hasn't done in his career before and play it safe but he didn't do that at all he went straight for the same tactics he always went for that make him the, the exciting fighter to look forward to that he is Mm-hmm. What do you think uh, could be next for him? He called out Tony Ferguson afterwards. Obviously, we, we get Tony Ferguson shortly. He's fighting Anthony Pettis and the co-main event of UFC 229. So that's... Well, although he wants a bit of time off, so maybe, maybe maybe it could happen. Um, Paul Felder as well. He kind of half-called him out. I know Kevin Lee is still around looking for a fight. Edson Barboza, I believe, is fighting soon as well. But Gaethje wants a bit of time off, so maybe he's an option. Who do you think should be next for Gaethje? If he wants time off, it's hard to know. Uh, he, he is only on a one fight winning streak now, mm-hmm. but um, so much can change when you want time off. 
But like I like all, I like the Lee matchup, the, the Kevin Lee matchup. I like the I like the Barbosa matchup uh, a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Pettis, like there's a lot of fights there that I know Pettis is, or whatever. There's a lot of fights there for Gaethje still in the division. Like pretty much, I'd like to see Gaethje against anybody in the in the division. Yeah, I, I I think Felder actually makes a, a lot of sense. You know, two two guys will go out and bang. Maybe I think Gaethje would probably be favored to win that fight. Although you know it would be a good fight. I don't think there's you know Gaethje has got gotten those big tests now of Poirier and Alvarez, and I don't think there's any need you know to kind of to rush him back in there against the Tony Ferguson or anything like that. Now, if they made Tony Ferguson Justin Gaethje sign me up, I'd 100 percent watch. I that, think it's a, I I, th- I think Justin Gaethje beats. I do as well. Actually, Ferguson. I think that's a nightmare matchup for Tony Ferguson. Yeah, I, I do as well. Yeah, but. Look what Lando did to him, right? Yeah, that's true. That is true. It'd be a great fight. I, I would watch it, but I don't know. I just feel like Justin Gaethje, you just, I don't know. Give, just give him one more before you put him into that. You know, one, you know, one more fight like last night where he can win. And and I'm not saying he'd do that to Paul Felder as well, because I think Paul Felder is, is a very good fighter and improved an awful lot, you know, you, despite losing to losing to Mike Perry. But, you know, if you lose to Mike Perry, I think you'll probably lose to Justin Gaethje in a, in a similar sort of fashion. But, you know, there's a lot of options what about, for... Uh, what yeah. about Ally Aguinta as yeah. well, you? If you want to give him a, a nice matchup, uh, he was supposed to fight him last night, but Al pulled out of it. So you know, maybe they'll maybe they'll make that fight again. I don't know. Aloy Quinta's one of those guys that kind of he'll he'll fight you on a Monday, and then Tuesday comes around, and he doesn't want to fight anymore. He wants to fight someone else. But there was talks of Kevin Lee. I think it was Ariel tweeted last night. Kevin Lee and Aloy Quinta. So I don't know. Maybe if they could get that on two two nine, and the winner or loser of that fights. Um, Fights, uh, what's his name? Justin Gaethje. That that might be that might be good. I suppose you know there's there's a lot of lightweight fights coming up, and James Vick as well. I don't think he's out of running yet. You no, know, he's been fighting pretty well. He got caught badly here, and you know it was kind of a, a flash knockout. Although you know, take nothing away from Justin Gaethje, he did very well. But I I I wouldn't write James Vick off yet. I still think he's a very good fighter, and there was you know there's a reason I was picking him. A reason a lot of people were picking him. He's still he's still very good, and and he can uh, he can come back uh, from from that. Um. Otherwise, on this card, Michael Johnson, Andrew Feely had a pretty average. Did have that for? I didn't. I fell asleep halfway through and I haven't watched it back. I'm not going to lie. What about you? Tell us. I had the first two rounds for Johnson and third for Feely, but I saw a lot of people had had it for Feely. I'm not sure what round they were given. Probably just, they were probably given uh, Feely the first. Maybe I think the second was the clearest, if I remember rightly. I had all, it was very close. Yeah. I think I, I thought Johnson. I thought Johnson. Won. I had all three rounds for Henry Cejudo. Ah, oh. oh, come on! I was expecting a, a belly laugh out of that one. But how, what was it like? Was it a good fight? 30, was... Thirty twenty-seven pound red is the is the meme. You can't change it. No, to it's Zudo. Henry Cejudo. I don't know. Biggest robbery of all time. Uh, anyway, yeah, court, court... <laughs> biggest robbery of all time. Oh, That's yeah. What about every Diego Sanchez win ever? How dare you? He beat Ross Pearson handy. What are you talking about? Yeah, remember at one time then. But wasn't Diego Sanchez robbed in at one stage after that again? Or was he, no, maybe remember he Campman like nearly murdered him and then yeah, lost the decision. Won. Yeah, that was great. That was great. Uh, <laughs> Courtney Casey and Angela Hill was another close one as well. Although I thought that was right. This this fight was just God. It was just a, a bad fight. Like it was just so low level. You know, watching and oh, there was another fight on the on the card as well. I was watching. It was just it was I can't remember what it was, but it was just. God, this had no place on a UFC card. Like they're just these are not UFC level fighters, Courtney Casey and Angela. Especially Angela Hill. Look, like, I think she's improved an awful lot, but she you know, these, these two guards, they're not that athletic. She improved she improved from being absolutely terrible, yeah. Bad. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, there's a there's a lot of work for to be doing. Like people I don't know why people are I think because she's a bit of a personality, people are yeah. kind of giving her more credit than she's she's due, but um. Yeah. No. It was it was a, was a bad fight. Yeah. But uh, Allenberger as well. Fucking out. Like. Mm-hmm. 
when he just uh, I, I don't like people to, re- to say, tell people to retire but I don't think he's making that much money and he's, he, he did he retire knocked out with every do you see it? He re- he retired in the cage afterwards. I know we can take that with a pinch of salt, but he left no, his I know, clothes. But like, I mean, like he needs to actually retire, like yeah. you know, yeah, because you know when you're getting knocked out handy in the first round by Brian Barberina, like no disrespect, like but Jake Ellenberger was a lot higher level a few years ago. He was knocking people out who were a lot better than Brian Barberina, and mm-hmm. we know we know a lot about CT and all that stuff. And Ellenberger is taking a, like he doesn't seem to be able to take a shot at all now, and. He, he seems he seems afraid to take a shot as well. So yeah, I think I think hopefully that that retirement will be real. But you know, I doubt it. Yeah. May return. Look, I, I think Brian Barberina is actually an underrated fighter, and I, hit, I think he pretty, hits pretty hard. But a hundred percent, what what you said there, he was high level a few years ago. But like he got knocked out by Ben Saunders in his last fight. You know, Ben Saunders, the jiu-jitsu guy, to get knocked out by him is you know, and that's four knockouts in a row. And you know, okay, like if, if you look at the guys he did beat, Josh Koscheck, Nate Marquardt, uh, Diego Sanchez, Jake Shields, uh, Mike Pyle, John Jake Howard. Jake Shields is a huge win. Like, yeah. you know, that's like, he's he's fallen so far from that level, mm-hmm. uh, Jake Ellenberger. So he's a different, he's not the same fighter in, at all. Yeah, but like he was, Jake Ellenberger, is, he's like, he's one of those MMA fighters, you know, and I, it's hard to call him a journeyman because he isn't a journeyman because he was a really good fighter in his day. You know, and Ariel tweeted it last night. There wasn't many fighters in the world better than him during that stretch where he won four or five in a row. And he, he definitely wasn't. But the likes of him and Joe Lozon and maybe not so so much Diego Sanchez because he fought for a title and stuff like that. But, like, I have, a, I have a huge amount of respect for those guys who go out there and, you know, fight some of the best in the world. Maybe not always win or anything like that. But, you know, more, I can't remember, like, a terrible Jack Ellenberger fight. You know, a lot of his fights are very good. Lots of finishes in his fights, whether it's him getting finished or him finishing guys you know knocked out matt brown there what a year or two ago in uh you know and i don't know it was just he kind of he got it back from from absolutely nowhere but like it's the, the sad thing as well about jake ellenberger is he's been doing it a long time and he's only 33 years of age like he's younger than angela hill that's how young jake ellenberger is so that's an even harder one to hang up the boots and he is the you know when i'm looking at him and and he's retiring i'm like when's his next fight mm. is my kind of thing you know but hopefully yeah, you know, well to be honest like I usually am like completely cynical about MMA retirements, but mm-hmm. I remember years ago now. I can't remember where it was. I think I'm pretty sure Rosie Sexton was was fighting. It was Rosie Sexton's first fight in the UFC, mm-hmm. and uh, it was an open workout going on. Jake Ellenberger w- was there, and I was chatting to him for a good hour, and he just seemed like a real, like level-headed, decent, normal, normal kind of straight shooting guy. So maybe maybe he's the guy that if he does say he's retired. I don't think he would have said that willy-nilly without having put a lot of thought into it. And he seems like a guy who, who thinks things through from that little bit of of sitting beside him for an hour. But you never really know in MMA. But maybe he is one of the guys that might might actually stay retired. Yeah, and uh, someone mentioned it there as well. Like Mark Munoz is one of his. Uh maybe not coach but kind of a mentor and stuff like that and he's been a guy who's retired and not come back so, and you know there's people saying maybe yeah. you know he's spoken to Mark Munoz <laughs> and stuff like that you know yes yeah yeah <laughs> but hopefully like he you know if he could do something like Mark Munoz I, I think you know Jack Ellenberger could get into coaching or, or something like that and do you know do something else he seems like an intelligent guy as well like Jack Ellenberger wouldn't be a guy I, I'd put off you know maybe being on Fox or something like that anytime I've heard him speak and I obviously you've, yeah. you've spoken to him he seems like a you know a smart level headed guy I think he, he'd probably be yeah he'd probably be good at that sort of thing so I'd love to see ESPN coming up here in a few months maybe giving him a, giving him a chance I know he'd be a guy a lot of people uh, would respect in in that situation uh, as well and, and for Brian Barberina obviously I have to mention him you know he's he's kind of a he's Brian Barberina has a lot of you know a lot of good wins on, on his record and as I said you know he's one of one of those guys who's 
who's pretty underrated. You know, he's beaten Jake Ellenberger, Warley Alves, Sage Northcott. You know, those, you know, three guys who lots of people know. Obviously, he's, he, like, yeah, must be sister. Yeah, but <laughs> he lost Leon Edwards and Colby Covington as well, like and Chad Labreze in yeah, the UFC. But but, that's, yeah, there's no shame in that, like yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, every, not everybody can be the very best. Like mm-hmm. yeah, so he maybe he could have a bit of a Jake Ellenberger career, you know, and he's already taken out a, a few good guys who could go on to do maybe more than he does in the sport, even. And you know, those wins could could be uh, could look better and better all the time. But yeah, fair play yeah. to Brian. You Brady never know, Brady. like you know, people like people like okay, RDA is obviously much more well-rounded and a better fighter, but um, like you see guys who come in maybe go three and four, or two and four in their first few UFC fights, and they. they maybe change camps or something clicks or whatever was was holding them back just maybe with mental you know you, fighters that you don't that you you'd think you, you could write off sometimes you can't sometimes they end up winning titles like RDA like you know mm-hmm. nobody would have predicted after five or six fights in the UFC that RDA would be would be lightweight champion what two years later and would beat the living snot out of Anthony Pettis and make him never the same again like you know things can change in MMA but uh, I don't see that for Bar- Brian Barberena get, ever getting a title but like He's, he seems to be improving and maybe he could like you know he was kind of a bit of a joke at the start mm-hmm. because of the, the sage thing it wasn't really his fault but uh, people were just kind of dismissing him as oh he's cannon fodder for this guy that the UFC want want to win yeah. in sage yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, looking forward to his next couple and, and seeing where he can uh, he can go. Davidson Figueroa as well came in there against John Moraga yeah. and looked really good. You know, when the lads was giving out to me over not giving him uh, enough love on the podcast last week and giving plenty of love this week. You know, look good. Look, you know, when you when you're a faster, harder hitter, better jujitsu artist than John Moraga, you're a fucking good fighter. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that's what Figueroa showed last night. Were you impressed with him? I think working the body shows shows yes. a, a good level of striking as well. Like it's so underutilized in MMA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, he looked. He looked very good. You know, he's ranked 14th now at the moment. He'd probably be going into the top 10 uh, coming up here. And, there's, you know, there's probably probably some good fights on the horizon for him. I think he's, what, 15-0 and or 14-0 or something like that now. So, you know, that that's a guy who who is not too far from a title shot in that division. Yeah, 15 so 15 now, like, that's a, that's a really good record, especially mm. when you have some good wins. Like, uh, John Moraga, we were talking about him last week, you know, he was probably looking at Henry Zahudo winning the belt and thinking this is my chance to, to get another title shot and to... To win the title, but yeah, definitely, definitely a big setback for him. But you also look at his, his beating Jared Brooks. I know it was a split decision, but Jared Brooks is a very good fighter. He was undefeated at the time as well. Yeah. So, uh, like, well, it'd be interesting to see him against against other guys. But he looks a very, very good prospect. And obviously, fifteen and now is is not to be sniffed at. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. We spoke about Eric Anders earlier on uh, beating Tim Williams with a nice. Yeah. Uh, Head kick KO, yeah, it, it looked it looked like it could have been illegal, but even if the hand was down, it wouldn't have been illegal anyway because the new rules had been brought in, so it would have been grand. But I'll, he was just coming off the ground as well, but it was it was barely legal, but it was legal. Tremendous KO there after Tim Williams had done well earlier. Uh, I'm not still sold on Anders. I think people, better fighters than Tim Williams, will look at that first round and see how beatable Eric Anders actually is. I think if, you know, Tim Williams kind of just lost it and got brought into a brawl with Eric Anders in the second and third rounds I think if he hadn't done that he would have won that fight but fair play to Anders you know for dragging him in there and stuff like that but yeah I don't know Anders is still very raw he could be a very good fighter obviously you know he's he's fought, or he's been in the 
the, the the college scene in American football and stuff. So he's obviously a very good athlete and things like that. So um, yeah, nice to see him going through. And what about this? There's a few things from the undercard as well. But James Cross, that yeah. TKO, with, they called it a knee and punches. He hit him with a knee and KO'd him. With, I, I, that's one of my pet peeves. He KO'd him with punches like 15 seconds after a knee. How can you call it a TKO knee and punches? Like the knee, if you knee someone like the first 10 seconds and knock him out at the end of the round, is that a, is that a knee as well? Like what 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 are people talking about? I don't understand that. But anyway, beautiful. Well, what's the cutoff point though? I know yeah. 15 seconds does seem a bit long but what, like if you hit somebody with a knee and then and then and they drop and you ground and pound them for like five seconds is, is that a head kick yeah. or a knee knock a knee knockout I don't no I don't think any of it should be I think if like McGregor against Mendes he knocked him down with the left and he he landed a few shots in the ground I think that should be a ground and pound finish I, yeah. I, to be honest, I, I don't think if you knock someone down, if the referee jumps in straight away and stops it, that's a KO or whatever. You know, if you head kick someone like uh, like Tiago Santos against uh, against Steve Bossy, that's a head kick what, KO. What, what, what about uh, DJ against uh, uh, Joseph Benavidez the second time, where yeah. the ref is trying to stop it, but he's just so quick with the coffin nails? I think yeah, I think that's a KO because I think when the referee jumps in and tries to stop it, you know, he stops it for the KO punch. Well, he doesn't he's holding in, but Demetrius Johnson is so quick that he can't get in quick and quicker yeah. than Demetrius Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, but I think he's stopping it. Huge. I think he's stopping it for the KO and not stopping it for the coffin. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. I, yeah, I think it's you know they're borderline. I, like if it's one second or something like that, fair enough, I, I can understand it. But like when it's five seconds, when it's fifteen seconds like this, I'm like, that's bullshit. Like, but anyway, I suppose the, the KO itself was was absolutely beautiful by by James Krause. Uh, you know, a lot of people are talking about the he faked the leg kick and came up with the knee, which he did and did beautifully. But I I thought it was the switch in stances. Which was which was fantastic in this, you know he he was standing in I believe he was standing in southpaw changed to go orthodox, which brought Warley Alves in, kind of tricked him to come inside. When he did come inside, then he faked with the leg kick and came up straight with the with the knee up through the middle and and, uh, and you know took Warley Alves since out of him absolutely beautiful. James Krause, you know he's on a bit of a he's on a bit of a run here now as well, moving up to. Uh, Moving up to welterweight, and he looks like a guy you know who who might be you know might be too far off of getting um, getting uh, ranked or something like that. You know, Warley Alves is no joke. He's a very good fighter, and you know he's beaten the likes of Darren Krushank, Shane Campbell as well. You know, good good fighters. Uh, you know, so you know, good, all good for a. Uh, for James uh, Cross. What about this? Uh, we'll get to the, the, the Alcantara fight in a second. Joanne Calderwood had a nice submission as well. She looked, you know, she looked like old Joanne Calderwood for a while. Got no, getting taken like, down. Uh, and I don't know. People are like, awful. yeah, Joanne Calderwood 2.0. I thought she looked absolutely terrible. Me she too, was, yeah. <laughs> she, was, she was hit. She was hit easily. She was clinched easily. She was mm-hmm. pushed against the fence easily. And then she was taken down easily. Then she was controlled easily. Yeah. Obviously, she... For a while, and then she got the submission. So, like, fair play to her. She got the finish in the first round, but uh, she 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 didn't look to be this new fighter that people were trying to make out afterwards on, on social no, media. No. That I, I just think. Yeah, if she could improve her her bottom game like that, and like Anthony Pettis, maybe you know, and catch people on the bottom, that that could work out very well for her because she is she just you know her takedown defense, her wrestling is just it seems like it's not improving. And this, as you said, this joint caller with two point oh is just no, it's not. It's she's, because she got a win. Always been a slow starter, like and it's, it's going to cost her against high level people. I mean, nearly cost her even in the, even in this fight. Yeah, hundred percent. But yeah, look, fair play to her, good win. If she can keep doing that, you know, off the ground, keep getting triangles and arm bars and stuff like that. Fair play to her, hundred percent. That'll definitely improve her game. And you know, it'll like Anthony Pettis. They're they're wary about taking him down. You know, if John Calderwood gets another couple, and people are wary about taking her down, that could be a big advantage for her because we know what she's on the feet at times. So, you know, hundred fair play. Yeah. To her. yeah. But right now, like she was, she was in that triangle for a good while, and she wasn't was pulling down the head and stuff. 
Yeah, she didn't seem to, she didn't seem to be like you know massively improved on the ground. Obviously, she got I think it was the first submission of her career, but I don't think people will be afraid to take Joanne Calderwood down. She's got to do a, a lot more. Like Pettis was like you know submitting Benson Henderson, who's like a, a black belt. That's true. Never been submitted, and Gil Melendez, who's never been submitted, and trains at Diaz's every day, and so you know like mm-hmm. it's, it's different. I just love Anthony Pettis and love comparing people to him. He's Anthony. Anthony, <laughs> Pettis, Anthony Pettis should really be on Team Sheehan because I I talk so much about Anthony Pettis. Yeah. He's, he's a great man. Pretty funny. Um, Pretty Tony legend. Mickey Gall got a good uh, submission win over George Sullivan as well. You know, Mickey Gall is uh, just watching this. I'm like, how the fuck did I put CM Punk in against this guy? Like, he, Mickey Gall is really good. I know he's lost a couple of fights, or whatever, but still, he's really, really good. And you it's know, raw still, I think, yeah. but he's got loads of potential. One hundred percent, yeah. So fair play to Mickey Gall. And this Corey Sandhagen versus Yuri Alcantara fight. All I could think of while watching this fucking bludgeon, I'll use again, this bludgeoning was Weidman Rockhold. I think this was the worst one since that. Like, it should have been stopped at the end of the first round. Then the second round, he came out and hurt him again. Had him on the ground, was just wailing down hammer fists and punches on him. And he was telling the referee, what the fuck are you doing? Please stop it. And the referee eventually stopped it. This was the referee's first UFC fight, and he was stood down for the night after this. Hopefully, this will be his last UFC fight. Hopefully, it'll be his last MMA fight. Uriel Cantara, this could change. You know, we you talked about Anthony Pettis there. I've gone back to Anthony Pettis again, but against RDA, you know, what happened to him? That that beating, and that wasn't yeah. the same when the referee and like this. White but, Rockhold, and Rockhold, White Rockhold, yeah. never been the same. Yeah, people are never the same again after these losses sometimes. You know, we, we you know. JDS, yeah. yeah. Even, even like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, loads of people. Like, this could have happened to him as well, and this referee... She like he, I'm watching this and I'm like this referee should be fucking arrested for leaving this out. This is grievous bodily harm. This is no longer a fair fight. Like this is the corners as well. Though have to take a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Like throw him to hell if you're mm-hmm. his corner. Like uh, yeah, they should have. Yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, the referee is the first line of defense, and we know MMA corners are just they don't they don't seem to want to do that. I think a lot of them think it's illegal and stuff like that, which yeah. is which like is when Nick Diaz will do it. When Nick Diaz will do it. Like yeah. you know, come on. I know Nick Diaz like is is a lot smarter than people make it make out or people think maybe because of some of the interviews he does and some of the babbling he does because he he has a tendency to speak on uh, thoughts that he hasn't thought about yet you know just kind of streams of consciousness but like when 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 you care about somebody and the the ref isn't doing his job like throw in the fucking towel yeah like just throw it in like you know fair enough the ref is doing a terrible job like go mad at them afterwards but like just save your fighter like you know it's not as if this is like a huge fight that like if he wins this he's going to be in the title shot or he's he's winning the fight he's like three rounds up and there's 20 seconds ago and he's taking like you know it's it wasn't that situation it was like he's gonna lose he's clearly gonna lose why aren't you stopping the fight where's the corner mm-hmm. you know <laughs> yeah yuri has just like always been happy to drop to his back and fish for triangles mm-hmm. like you know like he, he would have known that he wasn't like he wasn't gonna get it, like you know. He he was taking too much too much damage, and uh, as you say, hopefully it won't be won't be a career changing amount of damage. Yeah, and you're you're Cantara. He's one of those guys, isn't he? He goes out and he starts fast, and then he catches him in the leg lock, and then gets the shit beat out of him. Like that's happened so many times in his fights. It's just he's one of those guys, but he's he's fun to watch and. Uh, uh, fair play to Corey as well. Uh, he got a he got a good win, and maybe you know he should get a little more a bit more shine rather than blaming the referee all the time. But it's you know it's hard not to after after what he what he did. Uh, before we look forward, let's talk a little bit. And I know you talked about it a lot on the podcast last week with with Pizzi, but James Gallagher uh, and his his fight last week with with. Um, What's, he, what's his first name again? Richie Bandejas, isn't it? That's it. Um, Ricky. Ricky Bandejas. Sorry, Jesus Christ. It's it's been a long week. Limerick won the All Ireland. Actually, did you hear that? It was great. 
It's excellent. No, no, I don't follow amateur sports. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Do you not? Aren't you? Do, hold on. Don't you own severe MMA who went around for like 10 years watching amateur fights and interview them and all? That's you. Relax with your <laughs> fucking facts, Einstein. <laughs> but anyway alright yeah let's get into uh, James Gunner and I didn't listen to the podcast between you and Pizzi because you're pricks and I don't really want to listen to you but it was yeah, it was right. everything you're saying is because you're just parroting what we said <laughs> <laughs> it was look it was an interesting fight with James Gunner we, it, it was funny because two weeks ago we talked about it and I, I hate saying it but look we talked about him not being like Conor McGregor and inside the cage and whatever he wants to do outside it you know acting like him or whatever fair enough but as long as he doesn't bring it in the cage that's grand and then he goes and brings it in the cage a little bit you know and he said it himself afterwards he didn't say I'm like Conor McGregor but he said and he he did a great interview with Ariel over on ESPN if anyone wants to wants to watch it you know he said he you know he he kind of got drawn into that fight he stood in the pocket he tried to counter him and stuff like that you know like McGregor was doing against Eddie Alvarez and I'm you know that was his biggest problem because James Gallagher is not Conor McGregor you know I, I said it last week you said it Pete said it on, on, on loads of times as well and we've been talking to him and the, the bit I listened to the podcast he said he's like Gunnar Nelson you know he's more like Gunnar Nelson than he is like Conor McGregor go in there take guys out choke them out go in there you know be fast you know use your speed you know, use your distance. You're a bigger guy now at 135, although, you know, Bandejas was, was pretty big as well in here. It wasn't, but there wasn't too much of a difference. But, you know, use that. Be smart. You know, he said it himself to Ariel. He's a smart fighter and he wasn't smart in this fight. And I'm, I 100% agree with him in this. Like, basically what happened to him is he got caught with a, with a one-two inside because he, he wasn't fast enough. He wasn't moving his head. You know, he wasn't respecting his opponent enough. He wasn't fighting his normal game, which he usually fights. And he got caught and he paid for it. And, you know, deservedly so. You know, Ricky Bandejas won that fight and he deserved to win it James Gallagher made a bad mistake and he deserved to lose it um, but look there's a big thing as well with this fight when you move from 145 pounds down to 135 pounds speed is a speed. big difference and that this is a big big issue for you know for anyone moving down in the weight class like that and especially from you know 145 to 135 135 to 125 you know they might only seem like 10 pounds but with speed it's a big big difference you know and i think yeah. that's what really caught him more than anything he had you know he had good power in there he, you know he got the takedown at one stage um, bandeas got straight back up and all like that so he, you know he was doing grand but he's speed just absolutely calm you, you could literally see him like looking at him it's like he this punch came out of nowhere totally caught him unawares and you know it was basically over by that stage but you know it was it was a, a huge knockout and you know one last thing before i throw it over to you you know a lot of people saying you know this is it will humble him and he needs to change and everything like that he, he outside the cage he doesn't you know that, that's james Gallagher. let james Gallagher be james Gallagher. you know let him be this mad bastard going around you know roaring at people and everything like that but once you get in the cage and but it went too far it went way too far inside the cage before and he said it himself i'm glad he said it himself uh because it doesn't you know it doesn't leave me have to say it like i'm calling him out or something but he said it himself he went too far beforehand in the cage you know and he got inside his own head rather than get inside bandeas's head and that was bad you know did you mcgregor does a little bit inside the cage and everything and he does you know he does a lot inside the cage beforehand but Gallagher went way way too far it was just it was stupidity you know and he was he was out of his game he you know I'm sure he had a good game plan going in there but he didn't execute it he he, he let it go he didn't do what he, he should have done he got he got caught for it but what was your take on the fight? Yeah I think um, yeah I think you broke it down pretty well there I think you're saying oh he needs to be himself and be a mad boss and copy but that like everybody knows James for a long time like I've known James since I think he was 14 or 15 mm-hmm. and he's that's not who he is like you know he's he's a, he's a really normal respectful kind of 
he's actually kind of quiet, mm-hmm. kind of quiet guy. Like you know, he's putting on this this character, and it's working because everybody knows who he is, and even if they hate him, they they know who he is, and he's he's done well, and he's the highest paid fucking whatever whatever age he is, twenty two year old outside of the UFC. I'm sure, even maybe even in the in, in MMA, he's one of the top, the highest paid for his age. So he's doing, he's doing what he's doing is working. You know, a lot of people took a lot of pleasure and a lot of glee and him losing. Like, what well, that means that they, they looked up, they looked up his fight. They, they care, even if they want to laugh at him, it's, they care. So that's that's most of the battle in MMA. Mm-hmm. And what you were saying about Gunnar Nelson, like James knows that. You know, yeah. he knows his style. He knows what the style is. He just, he just like you know, you sometimes you need to learn the hard way. Like mm-hmm. you can say know all the right things. And you can you can you can still be like ah but like I'll just crack him with this punch and I'm 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 because la- he was landing early you know he was James had some some success on the feet like it wasn't as if he just got wiped out on the feet like, yeah. yeah you know it looks like it because like you look at the highlight reel and it looks like he just got wiped out or if you look at the highlights it just like, looks like he got wiped out but you can see why he kind of grew in confidence on the feet before before he got his I think he got his head snapped back the first time and then it kind of you could see that he was a bit rattled and. That kind of changed everything. I think a lot of people didn't seem to realize that he was hurt by that shot. Um, maybe we talk a lot of fighters talk about it. We talk about it. Thirty cutting in one thirty five. There's less. There's less water on the brain. People fighters always talk about it. Coaches yeah. like you can you can't take as big a shot. Maybe his body isn't used to to that as well because he hasn't done it. As, he hasn't done it before uh, in his career. This is his first drop down to 135. Like he said, it went well. He's not blaming that and all that. Like, and it's good to not make excuses. Just go out there or go back to the gym and work on what you need to work on. To, don't rush back and come back and do do your do your talking with your with fighting. And then afterwards, if you want to say, "Oh, this is what happened before. This is what happened. This is a reason why I think I lost," or uh, what people will call an excuse. Nobody wants to hear excuses from a loser. So wait until you win, and then if you have an excuse, come out and say it then. Mm-hmm. But I, I respect him not coming out and making a load of excuses, saying, "Oh, one thirty-five was was too much. I shouldn't have dropped down." Like he, that, that would have been easy to say, yeah. but he didn't. Yeah, 100%. so fair play to him. He, he took it well for a young guy. He's obviously he's looking at Connor a lot and what he does in his career and stuff. But he's obviously looked at Connor the way Connor's taking his losses as well. Like even back to Joe Duffy lost. Like he's come back a lot better every time he's lost. Connor has so. I think James will try to do the same, and James is trying to be humble and not make excuses the same way, mm-hmm. same way Connor did. So I think, I think uh, it may turn out to be a really good thing for for James, like uh, in the long run. Like losing in MMA isn't like losing in in boxing, and even in boxing, losing one or two isn't isn't big deal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think there's a, people are trying to write James off, being like, ah, oh, we told you he was crap and all this stuff, but like that's not the case. That's just knee jer- knees jerking and people being gleeful that they don't like him. Yeah, hundred percent. And we're getting to Paddy Pimblet next, and you know, it's, it's kind of sim- similar situation yeah. was was with him. But one, just one last point on that. You know, the Irish fighters, and it's been a very bad time recently for Irish fighters, especially SBG. You know, that gym has been having a terrible time of it recently with lots of you know, from Richie Smullen to you know, to James Gallagher to to Will Flory to you know, lo- have loads of big name losses recently. One thing, and it's not just SBG Irish fighters. You know, we've seen Siri and Norman Park and Redzer and everyone. Irish fighters, they may take losses better than anyone else in the world. You know, they they do, and James Gallagher did it as well, very well. You know, a lot of people talking about him, you know, not being humble and whatever. You know, he took that loss for. We know McGregor's probably you know the best we've ever seen in MMA taking loss, and you know it's 
it, it's not taking the loss well. It's you know being you know being forthright in your views and being honest with yourself. You know and you know t- t- okay no nobody takes a loss. If if you take a loss too well, you're a you're a fucking you're not a good winner. Like you know <laughs> you know you show show uh, show me a good loser. I'll show you a loser. Exactly a hundred percent. Yeah, but like there, there there's a difference between you know being a bad loser and but you can be a good loser too. You know and realize why you lost and realize that there's things you can do to change to improve that. So you know maybe for James Gunner, you can take you can, you can yeah. take a you can take a loss badly and not be crying in public about it. You can take yeah. it badly and like worry about it yourself or use it to rededicate yourself and stuff. It doesn't have to come out as oh like you know Jose Aldo. You know it was it was they reacted terribly to that. Like you mm-hmm. know oh baby would have knocked me out soap pans and lucky put you know all the stuff that like and it would have been a very hard thing to take. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's e- the easiest reaction is to is to call it a fluke or is is to make excuses but uh you know i think a lot of people lose respect for you when you do that like tito ortiz is a prime example of every fucking yeah. fight he lost he had a broken skull or a fucking yeah. his back. back was like broken in two or Spinal. his neck fell, his head fell off or something you know it's just ridiculous like yeah. people just feel like god oh, this is a joke like, you know yeah. shut the fuck up yeah so uh, you don't want to get into that situation either yeah while we're on bellator as well mike chandler's re-signed room is obviously a big thing for him and you know we'll be talking about him in, yeah. in the upcoming months he's, he's some big fighters but what about this tweet that bellator sent out before the the james gallagher fight saying that it's going to be online everywhere and then i went oh. i went and asked bellator and they go no that tweet was actually incorrect it's not it, the prelims like always are going to be on the app and online and the main card is not like how many missteps can Bellator do with this? Like it's it's like they're taking a the piss at this stage. Like it's yeah, it's just woeful. And I don't want to get into it too much afterwards. But like not having, I said it before. You know, James Gallagher put up this great post before that fight about like being a proud Irish man and all, and about the flag and everything like that. Like that's you have to have that guy on television or on a stream in Ireland. You know, and it's not that they can't do it because they fucking did it before for one of these other fights. You know, and they put you know the pay per view on, on YouTube. On YouTube for a fiver yeah. or a ten or whatever. They like, did it. They did it before. Why can't they do it again? I don't. I do not understand free. it. Yeah. They did it for free when it was in when it was in Dublin, but even if you charge for it, like you charge a small fee for that, you, it, like people will pay for that. Like, yeah, I'm sure people. People were asking us loads how to watch the James fight. Did you want to put your mode up to the microphone there? Where are you going? Can you still hear me? Yeah, you're there. Yeah, you were like, you just drifted off. Oh shit! I'm mad. It's all right. We'll, we'll carry on anyway. Um, but anyway, what was I going to say? Yeah, look, yeah, they need to get it on television. Um, and they need to, to change it. And and it's not good enough if they just have this this six fight card of this European, UK, and Irish thing on on television. That is not good enough. We need all the cards. What good is it? Let's say James Gallagher wins all his fights, and you know he's fighting one of the pitbulls for a title or something. And nobody in Ireland has ever seen fucking people fighting. You know, we've barely seen people fighting because we can. It's impossible to watch it and stuff. You know, it's it's absolutely well, ridiculous. Well, I've seen people put this fight about thirty times. Yeah, me too. But you know what I mean, like, like <laughs> I don't know, it's, like it's uh, like okay, us we kind of have to watch it. But like even hardcore MMA fans are unable to watch it in Ireland. Like there's pro- there's literally probably about. 15 people in Ireland who know anything about the guys James Gallagher could be fighting if he wins. Like, literally, like, there's almost nobody. Like, people would have heard of AJ McKee from, like, the confrontations and the talk, but they probably would have never seen AJ McKee fight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. Right, let's get to next week's card, and that is Cage Warriors 96 from the the Echo Arena. Uh, Liverpool seem to be winning everything recently, you know, the the, the best sporting city in the world (laughs) at this time, about to walk the Premier League. Paddy Pimble gone in here to, to bring a title back to Liverpool um, Darren Till's going to be fighting in two weeks as well which we'll obviously talk about next week Jack uh, Brandt on the card as well yeah and 
What, what, what about this? I, I was watching fights of Paddy Pimblett and watching fights of Sarm back today. It should be a good fight, shouldn't it? Yeah, it should be. Uh, Paddy Pimblett, like, there's always a bit of a extra excitement. Do you think he's the the person in cage warriors you get most excited about? Maybe Joe McCoggan as well. Maybe that's just an Irish thing, though. I think across the world, Paddy Pimblett's the, the the biggest draw in cage warriors, and because of his personality and because of and because of his style, because you know you can you can see methods of victory for for his opponents in his fights so it's not just you know it's not like some promotions have their their marquee guy and they put him in there against guys who he's just definitely going to beat but that isn't the case they haven't done that with with uh paddy pimble they put him in, in there against tough guys like okay julian rosa it was a tough fight but he got got, got the nod just about nad narmani is like a Bad style matchup for him as well. They could have easily given him because Nadine Armani's not a name like for anybody outside a kind of UK MMA fan. Like you know, you probably would have heard of Nadine Armani only a couple of times even yeah. before that fight. Even you cover you're you're following him much closer than anybody. So it wasn't as if Cage Warriors have been giving him crap guys just so he can beat them and get to the UFC. They've been giving him tough tests and progressing him. And when he lost, they didn't just put him in there against the cans so we could get another victory. They they put him in there. They put him in there against good guys who can beat him. So uh, fair play to Ian Dean and Cage Wars for doing that because it would have been easily and nobody would have batted an eyelid if they had a, this hand-picked matchups for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I back. I wouldn't say he's a bad matchup for him, but I wouldn't say he's a good matchup for him either. You know, these are two not. I wouldn't say very similar guys, but they're similar enough guys. They both like to fight on the ground. They both like you know to to be kind of loose on the ground as well and exchange positions and have big transitions and land on the back and land in a choke and stuff like that. You know, Paddy Pimblett's probably a better fighter on on the feet. I think he's a better striker than him. He's not the best striker in the world, but he's been improving. But I think he's better than Sarm Back. I, I'd say Sarm Back is a better wrestler, but Paddy Pimblett has good trips and he's good uh, has very good clinch as well. And I think um, Sarm Back in a fight I watched him against. Alexander Jacobson, he got taken down with a trip, and the next fight I watched was actually Paddy Pimblett against Alexis Savidis, and uh, he took him down with basically the same trip. So you know, look for that. I think that could be a big thing if Paddy Pimblett wants to get down uh, and get on top. But if this hits the ground, you know, I was talking to Brad Wharton about it, the Cage Warriors um, uh, commentator today, and I was like, put it, put a, a roof on this cage because if this goes to the ground, this will be absolutely mad and you know those two fights I mentioned there they were both mad fights in a similar way especially that Pimblet Savitas fight you know Savitas nearly knocked him out at one stage and then was on the ground nearly submitted him you know Paddy Pimblett nearly submitted him a couple of times and Paddy Pimblett was definitely had better than most of the fight but you know it was, it was back and forth and he came out with the you know the flying triangle into the armbar uh, and, and finished him off and you know similar thing with, with Sarnback I, I, I definitely picked Paddy Pimblett to win this fight but I wouldn't you know I wouldn't rule Sarnback out altogether Paddy Pimblett will have that big Liverpool support as well uh, Behind him and kind of a you know yeah. it's been a crest of a wave really support in England especially Liverpool with the Champions League and the World Cup and all that and Liverpool doing so well in the Premier League and Paddy Pimblett and Darren Till and you know Tony Bellew even you know huge support for for supporting Liverpool you know I, I slag him and all but in fairness yeah. there is and even before all that though Paddy Pimblett always had really good support he yeah. seems to connect with the with the locals like he's kind of joining causes I think it was the kid's name was Alfie was it he, yeah. he kind of was wearing t-shirts for that and he was justice for the 96 and all that stuff like he kind of just like he's one of them he's one of the he's a scouser a real scouser and they look after each other and they always have even even when he was kind of nobody even when he was kind of making his way up towards the the belt and cage warriors there was always great support behind him and even when we did interviews with him there'd be a lot of comments a lot of views you know even if people didn't like him they'd be there watching it and saying oh he looks like jay from the in betweeners or is he fucking whatever is he off his face on cocaine in this interview because he's so bubbly and full of energy you know mm-hmm. he's 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 always kind of 
been polarizing, but I think in in Liverpool, everybody loves him, and you see him even on like Liverpool. You mentioned Liverpool Football Club. There, they have like a kind of like an Arsenal fan TV thing, except not yeah. like trying to ruin the club. And they have him on the the show to like preview match previews and stuff the odd time before fights and stuff so they've always embraced them but when it comes down to the cage like I don't know how much that actually matters I think more the things that will stand to Paddy is he's already been in that atmosphere before yeah. I don't think back has and Paddy's gone five rounds a couple of times and back hasn't so and you know it's going to be very, as you said it's going to be very interesting to see who gets the better of the jiu-jitsu on the ground but I, I think um I think, as you said, the little bit I've seen the back and I've seen a good bit of Pimblet. I think Pimblet probably have the, the stand-up advantage, but I really hope it hits the ground at some stage just to see what happens. <laughs> 100%, 100%. Um, all right, yeah, look, looking forward to that and we'll, we'll talk about that more uh, next week. A um, few fights remain this week. Cyborg versus Nunes, Pettis versus Ferguson. We'll, we'll get into them in, in the coming weeks, but two two very good fights to look forward to. One thing I want to get to before we get to the questions. Tom Lawler was released by the UFC this week, or last week, even because we've been out for two weeks. Uh, I think it's like a month or something like that before his USADA suspension is up. And, you know, if, if anyone knows Tom Lawler, he's a pretty successful professional wrestler and stuff like that. And he asked for his release from the UFC when he got this suspension so he could, you know, go and do other professional wrestling, you know, maybe get into WWE, NXT or something like that, or, you know, go to Japan and do wrestling there, or maybe, you know, fight somewhere else, whatever. And, they, you know, they refused to let him go. And then as his suspension is almost up, they didn't they decide to let him go. Like, to me, this was one of the most egregious things that's ever happened by USADA. Like, if you're going to let a guy go like that, why keep him? Like, why? You know, and this was, as well, to make this worse, it was Austrian. And this is one of those things that has been found loads in contaminated foods. You know, he, uh, you know, if he had probably gone and gone to full arbitration for this and spent a shitload of money that he doesn't have on this, he pr- probably could have gotten off. But he, you know, he didn't do that. He he couldn't afford to do that or whatever, and he didn't. And he just took the ban. And then they they kind of do this to him. Like you said, for me, I, I I've I've mentioned loads of times on this podcast. I've kind of always been on the fence about Usada and drug testing and things like that. But uh, to me, this Usada over the last couple of months with this Josh Barnett thing, with this Tom Lawler thing, especially, I think well, this they is didn't, terrible. It's not their, it's uh, not their choice yeah, to release the fire. No, I, yeah, I, I know what you mean. But like the, the way they're, you know. You sat and the UFC, you know, the way they're doing things. And yeah, I suppose this is more the UFC, all right, you're right. But, you know, it's this has just left left a kind of a sad, sick taste in my mouth, this thing. And, you know, why why did they do that to him? Like, there's absolutely no need. They could have just let him go out and live his life for two years. And Do you think, though, do you think that it's a case of they, they just have so many fighters and it's not the same company, there's so many new people that they literally get, like, a notification on their laptop or whatever a month out saying, this guy's contract is up for renewal. Do you want to renew it or release him? And fucking, they just... I fucking never even heard of Tom Lawler. Didn't even know he existed. Like or forgot about him. Like you know, you know, who the fuck knows? I don't know if it was malicious or just incompetence. Yeah, if like, yeah, it would, well, like, either if way, the complete incompetence. Then like it probably it probably is having met a lot of people in my life. Yeah, <laughs> it could be. Or you're right. It could be. But either way, it's pretty. It looks pretty bad. Like and. You know, people know Tom Lawler as well. You know, he is that guy who, you know, he, he's a lot of fans and he, you remember, he used to dress up for the, the things. I know, he, you know, he's not obviously yeah, fucking yeah. McGregor or anything like that. But people know Tom Lawler. People like Tom Lawler. And it's, you know, he's a he's a big following, especially with pro wrestling and stuff as well. You know, he works for uh, for Dave Meltzer's uh, Wrestling Observer and stuff like that. He's his own show and things like that. You know, he's a lot of fans and wrestling fans will pay to see people as well and pay to support people and all. And he's, you know, he's one of those guys that would bring a big following with him. So... 
you know, I think it's stupid even to release him, to be honest, because Tom Lawler is a good fight, a good fighter, like, and he can, you know, put bums and seats and everything like that, and the UFC doesn't have too many of them, especially at light heavyweight, so I think it was an odd one to let him go, and especially odd to let him go now after keeping him on their roster for such a long time, so... I don't know, it's just... And I, I, I've been saying it for about a month now, but I need to get Ian Kidd on again. And I hopefully I will, maybe in two weeks' time, because I've, we have a couple of, of things coming up, uh, and, and we'll, we'll get him on then. But, uh, as, okay, let's let's move to the questions. Sign up, patreon.com forward slash Severe Podcast. We did a thing this week about our um, Premier League preview. We also did an All-Ireland Final Fallout podcast. Graham and Pizzi did a podcast over there. What was the other one we did again? We did all about European promotions, because someone asked us about KSW. We'll have one coming up uh, in, in two weeks' time. And getting Alan Murphy on from KSW um, to preview the upcoming London card in KSW that'll be in two weeks time this week we also have a podcast coming out we haven't recorded it yet but it'll probably be out uh, Wednesday Thursday Tuesday Wednesday something like that uh, about the origins of Severe MMA and us and how we started off doing uh, covering MMA and stuff like that so sign up patreon.com forward slash Severe MMA podcast you'll get all that stuff plus I think it's I think it's 200 or something now near that other podcasts and posts and everything like that already up there so you can get that if you want to sign up for one month see what it's like fiver it's the price of a pint that's it sign up uh, and uh, let us know what you think if, if you want to sign up and get your own um 15 minute podcast done it costs 20 euro a month you can sign up for 20 euro get us to talk about something and then change it over and sign up for five from then on if you want to do that or whatever so sign up see see what it's like see if you enjoy it there's lots of free podcasts there as well if you want to try them out but um yeah thanks to everyone who has signed up um fair play chi and uh yeah keep it going keep it keep keep our lit let me let me just read out a few people there who've signed up recently just to give them um give him a quick props. a quick props andy whitney fair play to andy colin douglas stephen keen rodney uh da, 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 colin lucas ken garod dan mack fair play to you dan lucas uh jonathan andrew drew wesley uh, who am I missing up there? Did I say Ken? I did. Spencer, Peter, Gavin, uh, Anders. I think I mentioned him the last time. Fair play. Anders, Adam, Thomas, Aaron Callan. Thanks to all of you and everyone else. If I've missed anyone, I apologize. But thanks to everyone for signing up. We love you all. And keep going. Severe Mail Podcast over on Patreon. Right. Let's get to the Patreon questions. We'll also have a Q&A coming up probably Tuesday over there with what the rest of the questions. Uh, what happened to the Nate Gilday Q&A? True and false. Yeah. He's, where is that? It's slacking. Yeah. He, I think, he used to be cool, mate. He used to be cool. Yeah. I think Sergio Ramos has actually like damaged him. He's PTSD or something. After <laughs> Sergio Ramos. <laughs> <laughs> just see uh, yesterday on Mike Lohan. Was it like, Sergio Ramos's haircut or the slamming of Salah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see Mike Lowen yesterday did this big speech about I don't I have actually haven't seen it yet but you know he was like uh, Nick there was like oh I love Mike Lowen again now and all and I just started sending pictures of Mike Lowen the Man United jersey with the Premier League middle and all it was so great brilliant what do you think about? you never liked Mike Lowen really did you I always thought he was overrated didn't you um I like I liked him but I always preferred Robbie Fowler and uh, I was never like I don't know I just never. I, like Michael Owen was always good, but like, uh, like it's strange because usually when it like a Liverpool player is, is like I'd be kind of talking him up, and other people be like, "Guys, not as good." But I remember when Michael Owen won the Ballon d'Or, I was like, "That's just ridiculous." Yeah, it was. Yeah, even though I was a Liverpool fan, I was just like, "This is ridiculous." Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I, I'm not I, the best player in the world at all, like no, ever. No, that's true. That's true. But he was all a very right. good player. He's a very effective uh, player when he was young. Yeah, he fucked up. I think I, I listened to a bit of it. He said he fucked up his hamstring when he was like 19, and it was never the same again. He had like just like three muscles the, in his hamstring or something. It's like chewing goal against Leeds, and he just like you could see it like pop, and he just like hobbled off to the side, and I don't think he's ever the same after yeah, that. Geez, he was some player though when he was young, like Mike Tyson, nineteen, unreal. Uh, Evan Keaveney, out of all Bellator's recent European signings, who do you think will be the most successful? 
Um, who do you think? It's hard to, who, who's been signed? So uh, many of them. Uh, from Ireland, I suppose. Kiefer Crosby has to be up there. James Gallagher, as well. He's not that, that recent, I suppose. He's not recent. Richard Coyley, you know, yeah. I don't... You know, Paul Redmond. So Kiefer... Like Paul Redmond, yeah. Uh, Norman, be, Norman Park know. could do pretty well over there. Yeah, yeah, but Norman Park could do very well over there. I think outside of the... Well, like, well I think... I think Mike Chandler probably beats him, but the rest of the fighters, he has a very good chance against. His style yeah. is very difficult. It's very hard to look good against Norman Park. It may end up being like a split decision either way, but yeah, like I could see him, I could see him beating everybody. I could see him beating Michael Chandler, but I, I definitely pick Michael Chandler over, over Norman. Yeah. Like maybe I'm not, I'm missing out people in, in my head. It's, it's hard to get a Bellator roster to look at, uh, even online. Like, yeah, there's, there's no like rankings where you can. You can, they don't really announce signings. You just oh, this guy's fighting this guy. Oh, he's fighting Belder, did he? Mm. Like uh, recently, they've been announcing more. Like, but like, there's a lot of times they don't even announce guys, so it's it's hard to know who's there. Yeah, uh, Andy Stevenson is MMA refing getting worse. That Sandy Sandhagen no. Alcantara stoppage no. was worrying yeah, it. No, no, way better. Yeah, it's been it way better. Be horrific. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like people like Kim Winslow and like. Jeez, oh, I forgot about her. Oh, oh my god, where's she gone to? She was refing until not long oh. ago, and she just disappeared. Yeah, just awful. Like, so there used to be some absolutely diabolical referees, like, and it's, it's less and less now at the high level. Anyway, so that, that's good. Yeah, uh, Andy. Again, I I'm going to phrase this question poorly, but was the Johnson versus Feely matchup symbolic of both fighters' ceiling? What I mean is, I think they were very evenly matched, but it's also highlighting where both of them are skill wise. Can either of them make a jump to the upper echelon of the featherweight division? Or no. Are they both gatekeepers? I didn't see the whole fight, but yeah. They're both they're not good. Be on it, no, they're not going to be operational. But they're both good fighters. I think Feely has more scope to improve. I think Johnson yeah, has done that improvement, and he, you know, he is what he is at this stage. He's he's a good fighter, Michael Johnson. You know, he, he's a very good fighter. But yeah, I don't think either are great fighters. But you know, hard, yeah, tough to know. But yeah, I don't think so. Uh, Sean Denny, what's your expert advice on staying up uh, for these six five three a.m. men cards? I tell you, it's getting harder and harder for me as I get older and as I get more like less of a. I'm less of a... What's the word I'm looking for? De- degenerate these days with MMA. I kind of like to actually sleep and stuff these days. Finally grown up a little bit, yeah. But water, I, I always find good. Just drink a shitload of water and it'll keep you awake and stuff like yeah. that. And I just have my... Basically, for years now, because of the severe and because of just everything. Like, I don't really need to be up in the morning, so I'm just going to stay on... American time, Fucking a lot animal. of the time. Animal is everywhere. Animal. Uh, Jack Ko one two two one. Do you think Justin Gaethje's fight? Do you think Gaethje changes his fight style to a safer, more technical no. one after this fight? Yeah, it was funny we actually talked about this during the podcast. No, I don't think he needs to, but I I do think he needs to be a little bit smarter, like he was in this fight. You know, if he can do that and bring the fucking power and pace as well, that uh, he's a tough, tough matchup for anyone. So yeah. yeah, not safer, but but smarter. I think is. Is, uh, is a good way to go. We've got a couple here from Facebook, I believe, and then we'll get into some Twitter, Twitter, Twitter? Twitter questions and we'll answer the rest of them over on Patreon. Um, I can't see Justin Gaethje getting the Tony fight, so who's next from Gary Garmley? We talked about that. Uh, could, could, if he's taking time out, it could be someone like an Aya Quinta or a, or a Ferguson. I, I don't know why. I just... I don't really want it to be Ferguson straight away, but I think it will be for some reason. I just think if McGregor wins, especially, he's not going to be fighting one of those guys anytime soon. He's probably going to fight GSP or take a year out or something like that. So there's going to be a bit of a roundabout there. So Gaethje against Ferguson would probably make sense uh, at that stage. Um, Farrell Connolly, Lawler being thrown against Wonderboy is surely a silly move. Yes, we forgot. We haven't discussed this yet. 
Robbie Lawler versus Stephen Wonderboy Thompson is I don't know if it's official, but it's it's muted anyway. Coming up, what do you think of that fight? Who uh I don't like of Robbie Lawler. Um taking a lot of damage in 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 his last few fights. I know he's taking a t- time off, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh I don't like the fight. Like but you never know Robbie Lawler, like he's such a tough nosed bastard. Mm-hmm. Like he, he he could cause trouble for Wonderboy, and maybe Wonderboy will try and fight differently because he's he's been on the wrong end of his style. It is very unjudge friendly by the by the looks of things. Judges don't the judges don't like his style, so maybe he'll try something different, and maybe that'll end up costing him against big the big pair of Robbie Lawler. But I just think Wonderboy is going to light him up. Yeah, I think it's a bad matchup for for Robbie Lawler. I think Wonderboy will win that. He's I don't think Robbie Lawler, you know, is what he used to be. Uh, maybe he's gone back a little bit to what he used to be a long time ago. But you know, I just think he's been in a lot of wars and he's getting a little bit older now and a little bit slower. And especially against Wonderboy, who's you know still okay, he's not young or anything, but he's still fast. And you know, if you're any little bit he's too slow, motivation in the past as well, Robbie Lawler. Like a few yeah. times in his career, he's kind of lost motivation, moved up to one eighty five. Like you know. Lost Lorenz Larkin in Strike Force 185 and didn't look interested in the fight. Mm-hmm. Like when he was going for the title and had the title, he obviously was. This was like he accomplished his dream or whatever of being UFC champion, and he. It's obviously he's obviously a bit more motivated then. But is he is he as motivated now? Can he take the shot like he used to? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think he would have taken that 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 shot from from Woodley better. Maybe maybe it would have rocked him because it was a big shot, but. He went down, went down easier than I thought in that fight, and I think that was as a result of a couple of wars before that. Even the mm-hmm. Cerrone fight, you know, took damage in that. Like the obviously the Rory McDonald fight. Like, there's a lot strong, of fights. Yeah. Rory a lot Mac- of damage. That, that Rory McDonald fight was and even, unbelievable. Yeah, and Robbie Lawler is one of these old school guys who was fighting Nick Diaz when he was like 19 in the mm-hmm. UFC, and he's been. I'm sure he's been in many a gym war back in back in the in the the. The old days in the gyms, they used to just get in the cage or get in the ring and just beat the head off each other. Like, mm-hmm. so I, I see Wonder Boy putting them away here. To be honest, yeah. Uh, Dan Mack, one from Patreon that I forgot about almost earlier in the week. Uh, is it me? T- tell me it straight. Is DC versus Brock going to be terrible, or will fans actually enjoy a wrestling heavy Smutterfest with the chance of pummeling? Uh, obviously, DC runs him over. But what if it gets dragged out? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Brock Lesnar isn't one of those guys who's ever really been in one of those fights, is he? You know, he's always a guy who'll either get the shit beat out of him or he'll beat the shit out of someone. So, I don't know. I just don't see it going Mark that Hunt. way. Mark Hunt was the... Maybe people remember that the most because it's the most recent and yeah. maybe... But I think... Uh, it was a striking matchup, though, really, more than anything. Well, he kept getting the take down and just kind of small ground and pound shots. I, I have to watch that back. Jesus, I can't remember it. I just... Yeah, I thought Brock like jabbed him up for most of the. I don't know, I can't remember. Yeah, but maybe, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, uh, like I think Cormier is going to be able to put him away. I think uh, taking all this time out, Brock Lesnar, uh, like you know, Mark Hunt was a really nice style matchup for him, but he still he didn't look like he won the fight, but he didn't look great in that fight at all. Um, like Mark Hunt's a a good striker and all that, but he's compared to Lesnar, he's tiny and. Lesnar was obviously on got caught for Usada like he's like don't think that was his first well like who knows but for the betting man I wouldn't say that was his, that was his first time yeah yeah um so I, I'm not too excited about it to be honest but I think a lot of people will be excited about I am it. I'm maybe when it comes around I'll be excited by it but I'd be, I be like the levels of excitement between like Wonder be Boy. 
Khabib and Conor fight, and that fight is a completely mm-hmm. different. Right? Yeah, I'm always looking forward to one fight. All right, let's get three or four here from um, from Twitter, and I'll answer the rest of them over in the Q and A coming up probably Tuesday. Uh, Mr. Proj, friend of the podcast, at one Mr. Proj, give him a follow. Uh, he t- quoted a tweet where the boxer, did you see that boxer just walked out of the cage or walked out of the the ring just as the bell went off. They said, "Have you ever seen anything like this in high level MMA? I can't think of anything." I, I actually tweeted uh, James Gallagher. Didn't it happened to him? Do you remember that? The that guy was just, amateur, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alex level, just yeah. tapped on the ground. Uh, cage contender 15 or 16 maybe something like that mm. um was it? james gallagher was meant james gallagher was meant to fight earlier on that night but it got moved to the the, the bout after the main event mm-hmm. and uh basically he came out he stared your man down got in his face and then your man just the second the bell rang your man was in his corner and just tapped the ground and then the ref was all confused and everybody's confused and your man was claiming that he told his told his camp that he didn't want to fight and that he was having heart palpitations or something. I can't remember exactly. In his corner, we're like, what are you talking about? He didn't say this to us. It was an absolute mess it was. Yeah. Madness. Uh, Andy Hall, put these in order of likelihood who loses their unbeaten run out of the following. Till, Habib, Ortega. Um, Ortega's... Who's fighting first? Uh, Till is fighting first, then Habib, then Ortega. So will, will Till beat Woodley? I actually think he probably will, to be honest. Yeah, but I, I've kind of changed my mind that one as well. I think he will as well now, but I'm not 100% yet. I'll have to watch him. Coming off shoulder surgery, being out for a while. I don't know, actually. I don't know. Yeah. I really don't know. I have to watch more tape on that on that one. Yeah. Uh, I think Khabib's going to lose. So Obviously, uh, fucking chill. I think Ortega will probably lose. Well, Holloway, though. Like, yeah. I'm Holloway, unsure. Is he going to be the same? Yeah. I don't know what to think about Holloway now. Yeah. He's fucking that's really disturbing now. Me now. too. And he's coming back. He's fighting like two, three, one or something like that. So it's not that far away. A couple of months, but yeah, I, yeah. all three of those fights, I really don't know who's going to win. And I'm looking forward to all all three of them. That's what what MMA is all about, really, in matchups like that. Last question here, so and this one's for you. Graham Patrick asks: uh, A year after May Mac, it was yesterday, I believe. How does Graham look back at his time in camp? Graham, take it away. Tell oh. us what was it like. Um... It wasn't. It wasn't great. Uh, really, why not? Yeah, I don't know. Just it's very different. Uh, we were we were doing the showtime thing, and they were nagging us the whole time. And oh yeah, I one of those stupid fake meetings at like nine a.m. and stuff, and they just talk about nothing except themselves. It's real, real braggadocious. Yeah, just so irritating after about six or seven weeks of that crap you're just like oh my god these god. people are idiots yeah. it was irritating for me as well like to do like all the embeddeds and actually do work yeah. and stuff like that there was to- good crack as well though like you know like had a meeting with dana like called to his office and stuff which is which is surreal and like paulie and uh the paulie thing was 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 brilliant watching that watching those spars and people like francis and Ghani wandering in and forrest griffin seeing forrest griffin nearly every day for six weeks and just like slagging the shit out of him and watching him climb into his old car through his passenger window or passenger door because he's his door doesn't work and like just it's just there was some very funny moments and stuff but the annoyance of the show people and espinoza acting like a weasel the whole time and trying to take out his frustrations on the camera crew was just pathetic so that that was a uh, there was a lot of a lot of stress involved in that camp. Here, here, let me throw two things at you. Tell us what exactly what happened with McGregor and Mayweather, or May, McGregor and um, Paulie Malnagy. You were there. You saw it happening. I, I we, signed an NDA. Uh, I can't talk about it, but like I said it before, like you know, Paulie. I think Paulie. <laughs> I signed I an NDA. I can't talk about it, but I said it before. Go on, yeah. I said it before. Like I think I actually genuinely think Paulie got hit with a lot of shots, and he thinks something different happened than what happened because yeah. like he's saying release the tape 
he doesn't like that tape. You just want that tape released. <laughs> it was just terrible for him. Yeah. Like, the both bars were awful for him. Mm-hmm. Like he was actually in a bad way after the first one. Like seriously. Like. Yeah. Uh, and tell, do you want to tell people that story, that Ari uh, Emmanuel story about the footage for the documentary? Oh no 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 no. No, you don't. Okay, okay, fair enough. I leave that. <laughs> no, it was pretty mad, mad to to Ari, <laughs> it was pretty mad just walking up and talking to Ari. He's just a, just a very normal guy. Like when he's made out to be just kind of, I don't know. I thought he'd be very different than he was. Yeah, he's a nice guy, though, isn't he? You got on well. Yeah, with he's him. a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well All right. Uh, any, anything else you want to say before we go? We actually won't be back next week until maybe Monday or definitely Monday, maybe Tuesday because I'm going on the beer. I'm, we're, we'll, I'm meeting Graham actually above in Dublin next uh, Thursday, so that should be fun. But uh, yeah. yeah. If you're good. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I, might have the, I might have the best day of my life again when I come to Dublin next week. Jeez, I've probably. Been, like, they actually, it's better it was around, than Limerick Day anyway. It was around this time last week now, Limerick were, were just about to lift the, uh, the Lee McCarthy cuff. Jesus. Quit living in the past, will you? Uh, Typical Man United fan living in the past. <laughs> Typical Liverpool. <laughs> it was actually funny. <laughs> You know, I've, I've hated to, to say it though but Limerick have always been a little bit like Liverpool you know we've been kind of oh next year's going to be a year we have a good team now are we going to do it you know and I've hated that but now we won and we're not like Liverpool anymore it's great but now it, it sickens me now if Liverpool are actually going to win it but I actually don't care anymore because Limerick going to it was, it was it hurt uh, my three head. games in and people are like people would want to fucking steady Jesus. steady steady on there City looked bad though didn't it they didn't look good and De Bruyne yeah, you know we talked about Chelsea it Chelsea are still on, Chelsea still ah, right, full are points right. Tottenham are going to be on full points probably after tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> Wanker, never liked you but hopefully it's a draw though because then everybody loses everybody loses two points I'm at the stage now where I don't really care because I don't think we're going to do yeah, anything the Man United fans when they're winning they're, they're no like, no oh, yeah, yeah yeah everybody's wearing the jerseys mm. walking around yeah. now it's like oh, fuck Man United I don't even care about football we can we can pull all this we can make a montage of Shang-Chi and cursing out Man United and wishing Lukaku died <laughs> and Yes. <laughs> he was looking for it. He was looking for it. He was, but like, no, we're at a stage. Like, I, I like Mourinho, and I don't care if he stays or not. But like, we're at a stage now where it feels like it's, it's just dying a slow death. And like, maybe if United lost like four games in a row, maybe the death would be a little bit quicker, and we could just move on from the whole thing. Like, but I, I hope they win four games in a row, and Mourinho gets really good, and we fucking go and win the league or whatever. But it, it just seems like that's not going to happen at this stage, and. It, I, you know, it's not just Mourinho, it's like whoever, like if we'd fucking, you know, if we'd clap or if we'd still with LVG or whatever, it was just kind of dying a slow death the way it is, like that's bad and you you know, you don't want to go full fucking Arsene Wenger and stay for like three seasons too long or, and I know Mourinho won't do that, like but, you know, whoever, even like fucking, you know, Brendan Rodgers or whoever, you know, it might be just keeping people too long and while it's dying and just get rid of him now, so yeah, I don't know. Anyway, there you go. That's the end of the podcast. We have a, a soccer podcast over on Patreon there from the other day. If anyone wants to listen to it, wants to want to hear more for it, patreon.com forward slash if you're podcast, give us your money, buy us a point. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Follow me on um, Twitter at Sean Sheehan Ba. Follow Graham at Severe MMA. Follow the podcast at Severe MMA Pod. Send in your questions all week. And if you send them in before uh, Monday, we'll probably have them on the Patreon uh, Q&A. So, so do that. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, and here is the uh, inspirational quote of the week. The most reliable way to predict the future is to create it. We'll see you next Tuesday. And this time it actually might be Tuesday. Good luck. <laughs>